Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist. Welcome in and welcome home, family. I'm Dimitri. And I'm Rode, and this is Respectfully a Melanated Therapist podcast. Just a quick disclaimer, this is not therapy. We are just two people doing a podcast who happen to be therapists. The information in our podcast is for psychoeducation and entertainment purposes only. If you are in need of therapeutic resources, please feel free to contact us and we'll point you in the right direction. Before we kick off the show, let's talk a little bit about how you can support us in our podcast. If you would like to show support through monetary gifting, you can send us donations through Cash App at dollar sign respectfully empty. You can also show us support by sharing our podcast on social media, tagging at respectfully empty, rating the show, and writing a review to let us know you're listening and enjoying the show. Thank you in advance. All right. Thanks for that, friend. So, fam, our topic for today's episode is a continuation of our last episode about sexuality. So today we will be discussing intimacy, sexual fluidity, and the double standards that accompany them. So what is intimacy? Intimacy is a close or relaxed friendliness between people. Additionally, intimacy from a euphemistic perspective is defined as an intimate act such as sexual intercourse. Sexual fluidity is a situation-dependent flexibility in sexual desire and or engagement which allows individuals to experience changes in same-sex or other-sex desire across both short-term and long-term periods of time. Ultimately, it means you have no particular sexual orientation. Okay, so thanks, Ren. Let's expand on sexual fluidity a little bit. I imagine some people may say, well, isn't that just being bisexual? The short answer is no. So what is the difference? Bisexuality is conceptualized as a consistent or stable sexual predisposition across a lifespan, whereas sexual fluidity is conceptualized as a capacity for change in one's sexual desires or engagement across the lifespan itself. The fact of the matter is, is that many people don't often express their sexual fluidity because of stigma or it seemed just to be taboo. Okay. So take with that in mind, what are your general thoughts on sexual fluidity? Um, my general thoughts are that I was completely okay, I kind of I'm thinking about my experience with it a little bit. And I'm just thinking about like how I completely was unaware that sexual fluidity was a thing until I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, only because I had a close friend of mine best friend of mine that was exploring that Mm -hmm. um, and becoming just more aware of their sexual space and able to share that with me, you know, like talking to me about what it was and everything, which I definitely appreciated because at first I was like, oh, so you're bisexual. She was like, no, (laughs) I'm not. Right. Like I just Mm -hmm. like who I like and I love who I love. And I think so when I think about sexual fluidity, I'm thinking about just kind of being able to be present with a partner and kind of flow through, you know, whether you're attracted to someone or not based off of who they are Mm -hmm. more so than thinking about, Oh, okay. What sex or what gender are they? Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's what I think more about sexual fluidity more than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that another thought that I have about this is that um, this sexual fluidity is 
definitely not rigid, right? It's it's in the name mm-hmm. itself. <laughs> and right. I think that is the thing that stands out the most to me is that like this is not a box to like to stay in, to check off and just be that. It offers room to just kind of groove through whatever your attraction is and and things like that. Gotcha. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. What about you? I, I kind of agree. Um, you know, for me, you know, um, it was cool that, you know, awareness of being sexually fluid, you know, came to you in high school. Mine came a lot later in life, you know, in, in mm-hmm. my generation, you know, society created these categories and these labels. So that's what we operated from. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, you know, as time went on and, you know, more education was involved in, you know, understanding the the, the true concept or aspect of being sexually fluid versus, you know, being pansexual or being bisexual, you know what I mean? And it's almost kind of like how you explained it. It's like more so sex being sexually fluid is more so the idea that your desires or, you know, sexual engagement can change over time, but it doesn't necessarily alter your sexual orientation. Like in the situation that you just said with your friend, um, I do think that, you know, being present and experiencing life, you know, on all levels, including sex, I feel like that's what, you know, self-exploration is all about. You know what I mean? And not having to put any labels on, you know, who you are, what you identify with necessarily, you know, because, you know, society wants us to, you know, Mm -hmm. or like, like, you know, you said earlier, like it's because of stigma or it's seen as taboo. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? And ultimately there should be, you know, I should be able to explore whatever it is I want to explore in life, whether it's regarding my sexuality, my identity without being, you know, defined as something else or being put into a box. So, you know, people who are sexually fluid, I feel like, you know, they just living their best life, to be honest. I feel like, and not really worrying about what other people saying, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And just, you know, walking through life and experiencing it the way that they see fit. So more power to the sexually fluid people. No facts. I'm literally thinking, whenever I think, feels like the, if I'm feeling the word sexual fluidity, I'm feeling like sex power. Like, (laughs) like there is some, there's power to that. So tell me what, when you hear the word intimacy, what comes to mind? Hmm. Well, from from a personal perspective, I can honestly say when I think about intimacy, I think about everything before sex. Mm-hmm. I feel like that okay. closeness. I feel like, you know, um, affection, um, spending, you know, one-on-one time together, doing things together. For me, that's what intimacy is. And I feel like, you know, sex is a part of intimacy, but it's not all-encompassing. I feel like intimacy is on the spectrum. And when we kind of only associate it with sex, then I feel like it kind of waters down what intimacy really is. Um, Mm -hmm. What about you? Yeah, I completely agree with that. That it definitely waters down what intimacy is if we only think about it in the aspect of sex. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I agree. I think that intimacy is all those things that come before sex. Um, I also think you know, my personal opinion is sex is the closest you can get to somebody if you have worked through the intimacy process with them as well. Hello. So, 
ultimately, because, you know, this is transferring of energies. I can say next to you and be transferring energy with you. you know? Exactly. So, exactly. <laughs> so that is just another level. But I think that really happens too when you are building the intimacy before sex and outside of the quote unquote bedroom situation. Mm-hmm. Um, intimacy to me is me knowing your mind mm-hmm. and me knowing your like heart, me knowing mm-hmm. um, the things that make you tick that that don't and me understanding um, what things that you love and being able to be a part of those things with you and sharing those moments. Those are building blocks to intimacy um, because then those are things that, you know, we get to experience together to, you know, like you said, that close friendliness or relaxed friendliness. Um, I think intimacy is also getting to the point where you could quote unquote be naked in front of someone, not actually naked, but <laughs> like just kind of you, you're stripping away all of the, the BS, all of the mm-hmm. masks that we wear mm-hmm. and you like know, being, you're able to just be yourself. What are you gonna say? I was gonna say like basically like when one partner's in the shower and one comes in and sits on the toilet and uses the bathroom. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but yes, or not even it literally could just be one person in the shower and just sitting in the bathroom talking. Yeah, that literally yeah. exists. Like you know, like but it's just the the intimate moments of being able to be in a space and just being freely yourself mm-hmm. and safe. I think that though that's intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, intimacy is the foundational foreplay before you get to the fireworks and the intercourse. If yep, that facts. is the path that you're on, because we know some people just, you know, they are sexual beings and they enjoy sex and mm-hmm. it's that, you know, they enjoy just the act. But, you know, for, you know, the individuals that, you know, want that intimacy and that great sex life, then typically that intimacy is the foreplay that gets you to that firework experience. Exactly. Um, at least in my case, you know, I can speak from my own opinions and i know that there's been times where there's been more intimacy and less intimacy before you know sexual intercourse is happening and pretty much 10 out of 10 whenever the intimacy was built before entering in that sexual relationship um it definitely was there was no disappointments (laughs) yeah i think that they can go together or not like they can be they can be a pair or they can be very uh exclusive (laughs) in the sense of you know there could there could be sex you could have just met that person y'all could have sex and then you cut up the next morning intimacy is now being built exactly right exactly um you know just there are different things or it could be there that of you just met that person you guys have sex and you jet out as soon as you're done Hey, right. no, intimacy there, boo. You don't know me. I don't know you. Don't remember right. your name. <laughs> you know, right. kind of thing. Like, <laughs> right. I'm out. <laughs> that okay. can exist. <laughs> right, exactly. But, you know, it's all, you know, all about wants and desires. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that kind of flows into, you know, being, you know, open to your sexuality, whatever that looks like. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But, you know, intimacy is very important. Um, and like Rade said, like, you know, it's a transference of energy. So, you know, I could just be sitting next to you and we're transferring energy, but you build intimacy in all of your meaningful relationships.
relationships. So this is, does not just, you know, apply to romantic interests. This applies to everyone. We're always building intimacy and that's what helps strengthen and maintain our meaningful relationships. So don't think mm-hmm. about it. And I feel like that's, you know, one of the misconceptions about intimacy is that intimacy is only shared between romantic partners. Romantic, ultimate, yeah, no. Right, when ultimately intimacy is shared between any person you come in contact with that you share a connection with. Like if I'm hanging out with mm-hmm. my friends and we on the couch watching TV and we laughing and talking about what we watching, like that's us building intimacy. You know what I'm saying? Sitting next to my friend and, you know, we might bump shoulders on purpose or we might, you know, actually, you know, um, put our arms around each other. Things like that is building Mm -hmm. intimacy. Yeah, 100% agree. You know what? Um, Something else I was thinking about is that that's why I was saying that intimacy is also me knowing your mind, right? And and knowing your heart because there are times where... You know, I'm in another state, so I don't really have my people here. Oftentimes, right. I'm giving you guys calls on the phone. We're doing this, mm. you know, stuff like that. And Or when I get there, we're, we're meeting up, right, as soon as I, I get to wherever we're at. And it gives the opportunity for me to share with you what's going on. That's intimate as well. It's not like I'm talking to everybody about these things, right? Um, and I know I have... And pretty much an accountability team, a, a team of people that know my heart, that know my mind and able to hear what I'm having to say without judgment. That also mm-hmm. creates intimacy. It's still safe mm-hmm. um, for them to know me ultimately mm-hmm. um, and to call me out on, on some stuff. Y'all heard Demetria call me out the other episode talking about friend, do not be asking for help, but she's starting to ask for help. Like <laughs> these are like <laughs> legit intimate moments, honestly, like I guess, building but- because Yes. And, and, and just a small disclaimer that, you know, I was I did give my friend her flowers, but I let her know that we both know that that's a struggle. You know what I'm saying? But that's a struggle that we both share, though. So, yeah. you yeah. know, like when you listen to this podcast, you're going to get some some personal because it is personal for Rade and I. And we are actually friends first and we have been friends yes. for quite some time before we started this podcast. So it's going to be a lot of personal in here. So, you know, sometimes... <laughs> You know, we might forget that this is that we recorded because we're looking at each other and, and talking. But, you know, but you got to give your friend, your, you know, we got to let our friends know, like when they when they grow in, you know what I'm saying? So that they know yeah. that what they're doing, like, that they're on the right track, especially with what they where they're trying to go. Because ultimately, I, you know, really appreciate. Sorry. Go mm-hmm. ahead. And I also say, because ultimately, like we we help support our friends and we are kind of like, you know, um, co-catalysts of change. So when we know that there are certain things that, you know, um, our friends are working towards or things where, you know, there could be some possible growth and expansion, then that's where, you know, your friends should step in and, and or your family or whoever's in your village can step up and kind of help you help yourself reach those goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry I cut you off. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for giving me my flowers and I appreciate it. You're and- welcome. <laughs> you know, thanks for also the the recognition of the or the ability to keep me accountable, right? Because mm-hmm. you know that this is all a part of being able to build the intimacy ultimately, exactly, and exactly. the foundation to what we have, right? Good. Look, okay, friend, for that real life example. Okay, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, but you know, like you know, talking about you know intimacy and and being sexually fluid, I just feel like, you know, society and not just trying to blame society for everything because we're not just trying to blame 
place blame or anything. But, you know, ultimately, a lot of these um, different concepts and aspects of, of living, you know, they've been presented as a whole as things that are fixed when ultimately a lot of these things are on the spectrum. Yeah. Your sexuality is on the spectrum. Now, what you decide to engage in is your prerogative. But, Mm -hmm. you know, intimacy and and being sexually fluid, all of that stuff is on the spectrum. And we as individuals, we define what that is for us. We define our identity, whether it's gender, sexual orientation, or... um, you know, whether we're sexually fluid or not, like we define what that looks like, you know what I'm saying? Like ultimately, yeah, there are boxes that, you know, you might have to check off because, you know, that's how we have to move through the world. But when it comes to how you perceive yourself and how you look at yourself as a person, you define that alone, not anyone else or Mm -hmm. anything else. Exactly. 100%. Okay. So another question for you, friend. So mm-hmm. are there any double standards about intimacy or sexual fluidity that you have come across? Of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what for to, to begin, I think both of these things, intimacy and sexual fluidity, I think the double standard exists that women are allowed to have these while men are not. That's like Preach. across the board. I think that exists for both of them. Um, men are supposed to be quote unquote macho, kind of this toxic masculinity that we discussed in this, you know, I can't talk to you about my emotions. I can't have these really intimate moments with you. No one sees this side of me. Mm -hmm. And truth of the matter is, is they ain't even see that side of them sometimes when they're not trying to show anybody else Mm -hmm. because it's too scary to look at. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and the same thing with sexual fluidity is there's this rigidity around the, well, I can't kind of flow in between. I have to choose one because mm-hmm. I've heard quite often if somebody, what if somebody thinks I'm gay? And it's like, well, you don't have to be. <laughs> right. right. Like just because they think so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's just, that's the the biggest double standard is that on the other end of things is that women are allowed to be these very emotional beings and able to build connection so much so that I think I've told you all this before on the podcast that research has shown that women bond over emotional connection to build intimacy while men bond over commonalities and hobbies. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of, and with that in, in mind, it removes the intimate intimacy aspect because it's just the idea that oh you and i are only linked because we like the same things um with regard to maybe we like football maybe we like a certain show or whatever that looks like and Mm -hmm. that's what we talk about but we don't get to talk about the deeper level things and i think that's wild because we're all human and you know we have to start breaking down some walls Mm -hmm. yeah oh and then women are also expected to just I mean, women on the other side of that coin, women are able to also just um, be with who they want a lot of the time. Cause it's like, oh yeah, women could be attracted to women. Oh, that's mm-hmm. sexy. That's this, that's that. Mm-hmm. Men can't. Um, and, and that is even fetishized. Like, why is it sexy that two women like each other to you? <laughs> like that is just odd to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I um I agree with you friend on on 
pretty much everything that you said, you know, and some of pretty much was where I was going to go with, with my response. And, you know, the first one, especially with intimacy is, you know, like you say, overarching is, is kind of, you know, viewed as, you know, women can have that, but men cannot. But so, you know, the biggest thing for me is that, you know, why? Why should that even be an issue? You know what I mean? Like that double standard between the two, like men should be able to hug each other and embrace each other like you would, you know, any other human being and it not be seen as being too friendly or uh, your sexuality being called into question because I'm showing this other human being who happens to be a man some love, care and concern. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You should be able to rub a male on his back to comfort him if he's going yeah. through a challenging time and not be seen as being gay or, oh, y'all must, that must be your man or y'all boyfriends or y'all on the down low or whatever the case may be. When ultimately men need intimacy too and not just from, from, you know, the opposite sex, mm-hmm. um, in that context. Um, you know, for me, it's like, okay. I should be able to, I should, I just shouldn't have to be labeled because I'm showing care and concern or support or comfort to another human being, even if we share the same gender identity, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and with sexual, you know, fluidity, that same thing. Like, you know, women, you know, can quote unquote experiment. Oh, that's just experimentation. That's no, you know, that's a, no, that's a normal thing. Whereas mm-hmm. men can experiment because if men experiment, then they have to, it's almost like they automatically have to be placed in the box. Mm-hmm. But women can go through that quote unquote experimentation stage in college and then, you know, still be uh, deemed heterosexual and then, you know, uh, move forward in their life. But men have to immediately go into a box. And I just don't think that, you know, that's fair because we should all be able to explore ourselves without that scrutiny or judgment or, you know, that uh, I wouldn't say punishment, but that outcome of being placed in the box of of being labeled something that they don't resonate with you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying and you know uh, again with uh, you know going back to the intimacy thing you know there's been like a lot of chatter <laughs> on social media so this is not evidence based but you know i saw something um on twitter and it was like you know most of the time you know although men won't admit it that men are typically emotionally attracted to other men um mm-hmm. And, you know, more physically, you know, of course, they're physically and sexually attracted to women, but a lot of men won't speak on that because ultimately, at the end of the day, what I saw when I, when I saw that message, I, I looked past what was in front of me. And ultimately, there is emotional relatability and connection and intimacy that is happening between men as it should, but mm-hmm. they are afraid of being labeled as anything other than heterosexual. So they don't talk about those things or mm-hmm. they don't share those things. You know what I mean? So I feel that, you know, there's so many, you know, double standards or, you know, limitations or restrictions on how men can operate in this world when ultimately it should be no different than a woman. So, you know, 
Now I'm not, you know, at the end of the day, you have to look at it in other countries, like in other countries, like some, you know, some you men greet killed. that too, but I'm just saying in some or, countries, uh, you can actually like men kiss each other on the cheek, on the, you yep. know, they fully embrace each other, you know, and there's actually been, you know, some men who kiss other men on the mouth and that has nothing to do with their sexual orientation more so than it's an ethnic cultural thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like, you know, <laughs> we just get so bogged down by these categories and boxes and feel like we have to be in one. So if I have to be in one, then of course I'm going to choose the safest box, even though that may not be congruent with my reality. You know, we it is. So I love when I hear when I hear my partner talking to his friends and he's like, all right, man, love you. Bye. And I, I love it. Like Absolutely. when they can express that to each other, like that's his homeboy. Like, yeah, you love right. him. Exactly. Like he can't do anything for him. You right. know, kind of thing. Right. But it's like, if you, if you hear that, some people are like, Ooh, what, what you saying? Like, stop. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, ugh. but you know, between that, you know, giving hugs, different things like that. Now, now granted now, you know, I think, you know, we, we have some boundaries here, but, but still mm-hmm. like you just for people that we don't know, we don't have this intimacy with, but Correct. so to speak Correct. of, but to say to this is recognizing that the emotional connection or emotional um, attraction can exist between men and being afraid to move into that because of the boxes of society and the mm-hmm. boxes of, within self, right? Because mm-hmm. we create boxes within self based off of societal norms, based off of what we're taught, based off of values, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, we have boundaries for ourselves and uh, recognizing where those things coming from is the biggest thing. Um, you know, I could go and another double standard here is I could go and say, I kissed a girl last week and somebody going to be like, oh, really? How was that? Right. Whereas some a man could say, I kissed a guy last week and they're gonna be like, You what? You gay? You <laughs> nigga, you gay? <laughs> like what? Like, like they would have said that. So ultimately, it's just kind of like, no, they're not. Like, but these are the responses that we get back. Legit. Mm-hmm. Well, not we, but like men will get back. I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> it's uh, because that is not my experience, so to speak. That's why I'm saying mm-hmm. not we. So, but yeah, like we get comments back like that and that's just not it. Right. And I feel like, you know, people just, when they hear the word attraction, they just kind of couple it all together with like sex, like sex, physical, like when we say emotionally attracted, it's ultimately, like I said before, it's that relatability that, that, you know, being able to connect with someone regarding your emotions and your feelings who looks just like you. So they have Mm -hmm. a different level of understanding. So at the same time, you know, let's just for the sake of this example that, you know, there's, you know, you have your man and a woman, like you can share your emotion, emotional experience with each other. And there could be a level of understanding. But at the same time, it's a different type of connection and closeness when you are sharing something relatable with someone who looks exactly like you, regardless Mm -hmm. of ethnic background, sexual orientation, et cetera. Yeah, 100%. Like, y'all have no... Well, I'm sure y'all do have an idea at this point. We done talked about all of this shit before. So, like, (laughs) it's just... I was going to say y'all have no idea. But it's like, thinking about just even myself, right? How many 
intimate moments I may have with my best friends that are women and that emotionally uh, the attraction is there because I'm like, I am connected to you on this level. But physically or um, sexually, it's not there. So I know for me that that type of romantic relationship would not be able to exist or that sexual relationship would not be able to exist, right? Versus if I had this emotional attraction plus the sexual attraction, then there's something else where the fluidity could exist. Right. But it's also about being able to know yourself and not being afraid to like question that and see, hmm, like, what is this? Y'all exactly. have no, y'all have no idea how many, you know, times I've had conversations with my partner, with homeboys, you know, whatever. And they'll be like, man, like women, they, da da da, you know, talking their shit kind of thing. And <laughs> ultimately talking about how their homeboys are like the perfect person for them, except that they're a homeboy. <laughs> And yeah. they're not like attracted to them in that way, but you know, it, it, it just, it is what it is. And I think if yeah. we can be more accepting of that, then these double mm-hmm. standards would not have to exist. Um, right. And, but they're going to exist period. This is right. just what it is. Right. The whole, the overall, you know, I completely agree with you, friend, a hundred percent. It's just the, the whole fact that the matter is, is that, it all boils back down to human connection. That's really all intimacy is, is human connection. It's not mm-hmm. fixed on just sexual intercourse or physical attraction. Like it's pretty much for the most part, it's literally the the core of it is bigger than all of those pieces, even though those pieces do fit into it um, to a degree. But ultimately it's just at bare minimum, it's just human connection. And we should be able mm-hmm. to connect with with our fellow human beings, regardless of their sexual orientation, their their gender identity, like those things should not prohibit us from connecting with each other when connection is presented. Right. Okay. Well, all right, fam. Now it's time for the Therapist Hats Off segment of the podcast. Before we get started, we just want to remind you to, that you can send your questions or and or topic requests to respectfullymt at gmail.com. Rade, do you have our first question? Yeah. So first question says, I'm dating a guy and he recently shared with me that he has been intimate with other guys before. I really like him, but the thought of him being with another man makes me uncomfortable. What should I do? Mm. Okay. Well, for me, my question is, why does it make you uncomfortable? You know, why does it make you uncomfortable? There could be many reasons why it does, but, you know, I feel like that is the going to be the route to you being able to resolve and make the decision that ultimately is going to be best for you, but not rooted in fear. Because it sounds like, you know, right now it could be possibly rooted in fear because of how that could be perceived or what it could be, um, how you could be perceived as, quote unquote, accepting it. Um, but ultimately. Um, at bare minimum, there's there's nothing wrong with that. You know, ultimately, that seems like, you know, he's if he's if it's in his past and, you know, he's identifying as heterosexual and this is the relationship that he's in, then ultimately, you know, sounds like sexual fluidity to me. You know, so I just I don't know. I feel like ultimately look at who he is as a person, not necessarily what he's done. And, you know, focus on that and see if that helps lead you to your decision. But ultimately, you have to start with why it's making you uncomfortable. You know, is it, you know, are you feeling embarrassed or is there shame involved, you know, uh, with being with someone who, you know, has had 
interactions with other men um, from a sexual aspect. Um, what do you think about that? Well, y'all, this is therapist has off segment. Demetrius said it a lot nicer than I was going to say it. So I'm <laughs> glad I didn't answer this first. So, but since this, th- <laughs> since this therapist has off, let's just, let me just say, why you pressed girl? Like, why you pressed? Like, He's literally with you right now. What you scared? That he going to leave you for another man? And if he does, what you going to do? You going to be upset because, oh my God, he left me for a man? Like, stop it. Listen, to be honest with you, honey. I'm going to be the same level of pissed and hurt whether you leave me for a man (laughs) or a woman. Or Or anybody. Non-binary, you know, anyone. I'm going to be pissed and hurt. (laughs) And the only, what I'm thinking of as a woman what I'm thinking that I've heard a lot is I can't compete with a man because that's not what I who I am and what I am. And so I've heard that before. And so if that is any of your thinking here, I think just get back to what Demetrius is saying. I know I'm not being too therapeutic in this question. I just feel like let it go. Like, because at the end of the day, if this is your person, just let it be a person. Mm-hmm. Why does it matter that? Especially if you like if you really like them. Yeah. And and ultimately just Okay. And I don't want to be dismissive of if it makes you uncomfortable, but also just like Tamika saying is, is figuring out why are you so uncomfortable with this? Back to my question. Why are you so pressed? Like, and I'll put it to you. I was just going to say like, and you guys have been intimate enough for him to feel comfortable to share this with you. So I think take that into account with where you are in this relationship and what what level you guys are at in a sense of, you know, the safety measure. Um, I think when you, when we project our negative emotions or our double standards onto mm-hmm. a partner based off of something that they've decided to share with us, it makes it unsafe for them to continue to share. Mm-hmm. And so just, just be mindful of that too. Everything else that Demetrius said, but just why you press and be mindful of the unsafe, space that you're creating if you respond this way absolutely good points friend good points i just look at it this way why is it so that we can accept a criminal past you know we can accept trauma we can accept you know wrongdoing to a degree but when it comes to being sexually fluid, that's like the the crime of all crimes when technically there's not even that, a that person's done nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> They've done nothing wrong. So how can so if, to put it into that perspective, if we can find a maid and they have a, a, a criminal past and we can get past that and love them for who they are and the new life that they're building, et cetera, et cetera, then why can't we do the same when it comes to um sexual experience or being sexually fluid? You know, but I'm going to get off my soapbox. But, you know, it's just (laughs) I'm just saying, like, how can we accept all of those things, you know, willingly? So, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, everybody accepts people who have a criminal background because there are some crimes that, you know, that's in a whole different category. But I'm just saying that, you know, for the, the situations where people do, you know, whether, you know, it's a family member or a loved one. Yeah, I mean, um, a romantic partner, like, we'll accept a lot of things, but we won't accept that they explored or that they were sexually fluid at one point in their life. Mm-hmm. That should not be seen as a automatic sentence or, you know, or, you know, some type of, you know, will to a category. 
basically right. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Retweet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. So next question. Do you have yes. a friend? Yes. I have been married for the past five years and our sex life is great, but I want more intimacy. What are some things I can do to have more intimacy? I'm glad you get to answer this question first. <laughs> Marriage and family therapist. <laughs> I cannot. You know what? I am hype about this question, actually, because this whole topic itself, I have no idea why this topic gets under my skin so much. Mm -hmm. So this question makes me feel so much better because I'm like, why y'all tripping? <laughs> That's what I would say. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. So this question, what are some things that you can do to have more intimacy? I love it. So I like to task some of my couple's clients or most of them with love mapping. I think we've talked about it on the show before. Have we? Have I talked about that before? Uh, maybe. maybe. Or we talked okay. about it and not on the show. And not really. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so love mapping is done in two steps. First step is you and your partner will put like stick figures on a paper front and back. Both of you guys will have a paper. And on one side, it'll be you. The other side will be your partner. On the side that's yours, you'll write one through 10 or one through five, whatever it takes for you to actually get to um, intercourse um, of pretty much learning your body, not just for foreplay, but also just intimacy, right? So what you're doing here is writing the steps to, okay, I like to probably kiss on my forehead first and so forth. Um, so there's that. And then on the other side, you'll guess what your partner's um, probably spots are that they like to be kissed. And then from there, you'll do the in vivo love mapping, which you can do one at a time. And you'll actually do it. You'll kiss your partner's body from head to toe and they'll let you know, um, do they like this spot or do they not? Okay. Um, and then you just kind of take note that, you know, these are the spots that they like and that they don't. That's a really cool way to build intimacy because there's no sex involved. Just really getting to know what your partner likes and giving moments of you showing them affection um, without anything asked. Um, Love that. Another way, another way is um, I think building through more conversation. So maybe have an intimate conversation, you know, while you're sitting in bed together, find a common ground space that you guys um, don't argue. This is why people make the rule of don't go to sleep angry and stuff. If you can sit in your bed together and have these intimate conversations, or let's say you do argue in bed, maybe y'all need to have the intimate conversation in bed um, because then it kind of transformed the space. Now this is no mm -hmm. longer a space that's keeping that negative energy. Um, holding hands more is a huge thing. Um, I gave this to one of my couples and they absolutely loved it, which was, I I'm almost done. Sorry. Um, <laughs> they gave Girl, me, take your time. <laughs> they, um, <clears throat> they loved it so much, but it was just every time they find themselves, um, laughing together, you either give yourself each other a kiss or a hug. Um, and it kind of, increases the likelihood that you guys will be enjoying intimacy and just being more comfortable around each other. Um, mm -hmm. Also just some like regulating your breathing together. Um, there are things that me and my partner will even do that. I also ask clients, you know, um, you guys can cuddle like kind of spooning and regulate your breathing. Um, deep eye contact, maintaining that for, you know, maybe 30 seconds if you can, um, facing each other and placing your hands over each other's hearts. Um, 
and just kind of flowing with each other's breaths and being one, it kind of puts you guys in unison. Since we thrive on belonging, we tend to regulate based off of the other person. And so even if you're not trying, if you guys are facing each other, sitting down, hands on heart and on each other's heart kind of thing, your bodies will tend to start regulate together. So you recognize your breathing will catch up with each other. Your eye contact will deepen or um, it may not. If you guys kind of struggle with with eye contact for any reason, that could be for different reasons. Um, but ultimately your bodies will regulate to kind of flow, flow in unison. So these are great things that can um, increase intimacy. And if sex life is great, then Maybe do everything you're already doing when it comes to sex. And then after sex is over, making sure your guys are taking some intentional time to do some of these different things together. The breathing, the the breath work, the um, longer conversations and things like that. Yes, friend. Snaps. For, snap, snap, snap. <laughs> Hashtag and retweet. Um, oh, God. <laughs> so... I'm not going to say I'm adding anything to that, um, but I do have, um, you know, I had a couple, um, I'll share something um, with you all. I had a couple come to me. Um, They actually were married for quite some time and they divorced, but they were, um, had been divorced maybe like one or two years um, and they started dating again, like working towards reconciliation. So one of the Mm -hmm. things that I gave them to do was a a mission statement um, for their relationship. And basically, you know, we already know all of the things that didn't work and what we don't want it to be. So now we're drafting. I know it sounds a little cheesy talking about a mission statement, but you want to draft this mission statement based on what you want this new renewed relationship to be. And that can work for couples who, you know, have been together for a while and they're having some some troubles um, or some struggles. Um, or it could be, you know, for people coming into a new relationship or coming back to one. But ultimately, you want to map out what you want this relationship to be. What are the core principles that you're going to operate from in this relationship so that ultimately you're defining what your relationship or your marriage looks like, not all of the things that are happening around you. Um, so that's I love a, a good mission good statement. Yes, yes, it's a really good activity um, that you can do together. Um, so that's my that's my two cents. I'm added to to that wonderful response <laughs> that Robin gave. Uh, I, I lied, y'all. I got one more thing. Can y'all go on more dates, um, homegirl or or homeboy? I don't know who wrote this question, but yeah, like go go on more dates, create more shared experiences, find things that you guys like together, and spend time. Um, with that, absolutely, because um, that can can really help. Absolutely. All right, y'all. So this week's Earth lesson is self exploration is a part of life. So don't be afraid or ashamed of what you find. Just be you, fully and unapologetically. Respectfully, a melanated therapist. All right, fam. Remember to follow us on Instagram at respectfullymt and send your questions and topic requests to respectfullymt at gmail.com. You can share, rate, or leave a review for the podcast as well as show your support. Thank you in advance. Until next time, fam. Peace. Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist. therapist.